All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 216 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill, admin on the KISS FAQ message board, and I'm joined today by Daniel Wees on the board. Good to see you. Hi there. We've both got cups of hot liquid, I think. Yes, uh, it is. Um, so we're a current affairs show, and obviously the most important current affair to take place in the past 24 hours is, of course, the passing of Gene Simmons' mother, Florence Lebowski or Flora Klein, whichever way you want to refer to her. Um, I did post a message on the FAQ and on Facebook, but of course it is nice to send to Gene and his family the condolences of the whole KISS FAQ community on the passing of his mother. At 92, she has been a part of his life for his nearly 70 years. She's been through an awful lot from her you know, upbringing in Hungary through World War II and the atrocities that she witnessed, through sneaking into then Israel, the first Arab-Israeli war, becoming a single mother, moving to the United States, not speaking the language with a eight-year-old child, raising that child single-handedly into a person who became an international legend. So that's his mom. And... It's going to be a very difficult time for him, and just hope that people can be empathetic and, you know, share all the positive thoughts for his family that they can at this difficult time. For those people who are wondering why Las Vegas Vault Experience was canceled this past weekend, well, there you go. For all the conspiracy theorists on Facebook and elsewhere who are posting drivel, I simply say this, shame on you. Um, moving on from Gene, of course, is it is Friday, the 7th of September, September, December. Yeah, I just went back in time. December. Tonight is the first night of the absolutely incredible New Jersey Kiss Expo, which I am unfortunately not able to attend to. So I just want to run through their schedule for those people who may not be aware of what's going on, because things start tonight and things are happening every day and things may well be fluid. And I've just taken this off the website. So if things change, uh, don't point at me, point at them. And they did just release another block of tickets for Sunday. So if you did not get your tickets for Sunday, which includes the Ace Frehley 1978 solo album performance, get them now. Your kids need to have tickets too because they do have capacity um, issues. And that is that they have a certain amount of seats and fire marshals and law. So get your tickets. But have a good time. So tonight uh, is 6 p.m. until midnight, and it's the welcoming event. And I'm just going to run through the guests who will be there tonight. And that's uh, Ace, Edward Furlong, and Jimmy DeBello from uh, the Detroit Rock City movie, of course. I believe they're in character. Lita Ford, Punky Meadows, holy shit. Frank Domino, uh, Danny Farrow, Vinny Apice, or Apice, Jean Beauvoir. Robert Fleischman, Mon- Mark Montague. There's a blast from the past for people who remember him in, in Chris. Um, Len D'Alessio, photo- uh, photographer. Robert Conti and Kevin Shinnick. So doors open at 6, merchandise sales, welcoming, welcoming party, Kiss Tribute Band, Kiss Nation will be performing. And then there's an ace photo and autograph session. And I believe you will have had to have bought tickets for each of those items in order to do them. And uh, the evening closes out with a cover band, Rated R. That sounds cool. I'll have to check out what that is. Uh, Saturday, it's 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Much of the same guests. There'll be more people like um, J.J. French uh, and Eddie Ojeda, I don't know how you say his last name, both Twisted Sister guys, are only appearing on Saturday. Bobby Rock, Lydia Chris are joining in. Uh, Craig Gass, who's absolutely hilarious. Uh, Victor Staben, artist, unmasked. And uh, again, lots of autograph sessions, sales, Q&As. And Robert Fleischman was, of course, a very late addition to this after what he was going to be doing this weekend was... uh, involved a certain 
pink person, but that fell through. So uh, I'm sure he'll have a fascinating Q&A if the right questions are asked. And then, of course, Sunday is the big deal. Ace will be performing his whole 1978 solo album in its entirety with the incredible Gene Simmons band guys, or do we now call them the Ace Frehley band guys? Whatever. They're awesome. They rock, and they are going to hopefully have uh, tightened everything up and put out a, a kick-ass um, performance. Daniel, because I've been monologuing for five minutes, I, I do want to ask you, would you have any interest in seeing Ace perform his whole 1978 solo album live if he came out to your neck of the woods to do that? Or uh, what do you think about that? Certainly. I think it's a beautiful idea. <clears throat> and um, since it's uh, the uh, 40th anniversary as well, and um, to be honest, most of those songs would work very well live. I believe he said he would let some of the other guys sing one or two of the songs. For example, uh, Wiped Out, I think was one of the songs he wanted someone else to sing. Uh, so that's kind of a letdown. I would like to see him singing the songs, but it's better than nothing. And um, I think it's a beautiful idea. And uh, I've heard him talking about maybe recording it and releasing some some kind of dvd or video whatever you call it these days some streaming thing but uh i think it's just a, a great idea yeah i would love to have been there and obviously with the cancellation of the memphis show i could have been there but at, at that point you know i've got flights to england coming up and i was just on the bbc today and fucking virgin has announced a strike yeah thank you so much <laughs> Um, hopefully that won't impact me, but there you go. It's one of those things. I hope they film it or I, or I hope they see what sort of reaction they get and then book a theater for a couple of nights in a high, yeah. uh, in a high capacity market where, you know, plenty of fans could come in for both nights and go in and film it properly and record it properly and add in some of the songs into the set, say, Save Your Love, Dark Light, and the stuff that didn't go down 100% perfectly on the cruise and, you know, knock it all out as, uh, you know, take out all the other, you know, kind of uh, non-Kiss or the Kiss stuff that he's been doing over the past few years, except for Deuce. Um, pad it with rock soldiers and you know maybe something from spaceman and just put out something that's the whole 78 album uh because video wise i think the last time he had a video was the instructional one and it, it had a couple of bonus sequences at the end of him provo uh, performing i think it was cold gin and i don't remember what the other song was but they were shot beautifully and ace looks great these days the band looks fantastic they perform well so I, you know, that maybe is a hope for 2019 that, uh, you know, a 1978 celebration, you know, live album from Ace of his solo album would be really fun. So that's not something I've ever kind of considered other than, you know, maybe Peter Chris doing similar with his material. And hopefully that'll also one day see a release. All right, let's move on into I got to keep an eye on my phone because I'm getting bombed today. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. So this week, we're kind of going into some of the topics that have been discussed on the message board of late. There's a whole bunch of things that are, are kind of interesting, and I've cherry picked a few. If we, you know, run out of topics, we'll just hit the board and go to a few of the other ones. Um, and if our third participant shows up, hopefully he can just jump straight in and uh, you won't really miss anything um, if he's late because this is a uh, a very free-form show. So let's go uh, straight into the first question, that is, uh, what makes a deep cut? And that I found to be a very interesting kind of question because there are so many ways to look at it. Is it a song simply that has never been performed? Is it a song that is generally disliked by the majority of KISS fans? Is it a song that would be very difficult to perform live? I mean, how, how do you look at that, you know, that sort of question as you start thinking about what are the sorts of deep cuts? You know, we, we always talk about this, but uh, we never really think about why we're thinking about those songs. Well, it's, it's really subjective, but uh, I'd say that um, anything from the non-makeup era to me is kind of deep cuts at this point. Uh, and uh, since the band seemingly seemingly are using backing tracks that opens up a few more doors 
Uh, and I would really like to see them play some of the deep tracks from uh, the era when I started to listen to Kiss. A bit selfish, baby, but uh, what about uh, King of the Mountain? Uh, uh, I've had enough into the fire. But on the other hand, I, I don't really see them playing them on on on, uh, on this final tour. But um, if you're just talking about deep tracks, uh, I'd say almost anything from the non-makeup era. Uh, most of the early stuff they've played, you know, on the cruise and even stuck one of the, or, or two of the so-called deep tr- deep cuts into the shows from, you know, the mid 2000s when, when they put in a few. And I remember they even had a vote going at, at a time where when the fans were able to vote what deep track they wanted them to play. And I think it ended up being all American man or, or, or something like that. So, um, but what I really would like to see, what I miss, if if I look back at what what I've seen the band doing live, I really miss some of the, you know, 80s stuff, non-makeup era. So if I could choose, I would love to see something from from that period uh, because there are lots of great tracks that was never really given a chance in the set. Uh, most of the 70s stuff ha- has been done, and you have Ace doing his old stuff and. Uh, even Peter, you know, I think you were you also you were at the show he played when when he played a lot of his stuff. So so we've heard that as well. But ah, uh, uh, you know, all has breaking loose. Uh, it's quite some time since we heard that. There were talks for a while about them maybe playing that one. I remember a few years back, but it, but I don't think it happened. And they've played around with a lick, I think, on one of the cruises. But, uh, yeah, they, they did, and the audience yeah. went absolutely wild, as would be yeah. expected. I mean, it, it, it's hard to get away from that 80s stuff, it's, and it's hard to believe that, you know, what is kind of deep cuts, the 80s have actually been decapitated from the sets. They're, you know, with the exception of Crazy Nights and Hide Your Heart and the Occasional Tears Are Falling, um, pretty much gonzo. Yeah. And for a long period of time, if you remember when they started the reunion, they kind of pretended that the uh, non-makeup era, it didn't ever exist. So it, it was some strange days when, when you grew up as a Kiss fan in the 80s and suddenly Kiss uh, pretended that they had never been without makeup for a long time. Eventually they started playing a few of them, but I do miss hearing some of that stuff live. It would be great. Yeah. and La- Live within quotation marks well yeah and that part excuse me uh, partially is the key that i don't think we're ever going to see a deep cut again and for me a deep cut is a song that has seldom if ever been played uh has nothing to do with being hard to play or you know requiring you know a little bit of magic to make it work because there are very few songs in the kiss catalog that are that challenging um I think at this stage, if I could hear Not for the Innocent or Saint and Sinner, those would be just about cover it. But it's not going to happen. I, I, I would highly, I would be highly surprised if it happened on Kiss Cruise 9 either, for that matter. I just get the feeling that they're kind of done investing the time and energy in any of the songs that actually take any effort. Prove me wrong. I love to be wrong. But I think they could go a little bit further during the end of the road and actually tease, perform little bits and pieces in the set that only the diehards would actually get and maybe look to each other and elbow and giggle. Um, and the rest of the audience would just be oblivious because it's as part of an intro to a song. I've mentioned this one previously, that the bass for Mr. Blackwell and God of Thunder are very similar in the notes that are played. They're just basically in a different sequence, different phrasing. And it would be so easy for Gene just to rip the Mr. Blackwell riff and then go straight into God of Thunder, and no one would have noticed, except for maybe five people in the audience, and Uncle Gene would have made those five people very, very happy just to hear those notes teased. The same goes for the start of the show. And it comes back to that album both you and I have pretty high up on our personal list. King of the Mountain, the drum intro. Eric Singer is more than capable of playing that and investing it in 
in it his own character while celebrating Eric Carr. To play that as an intro to a song, I mean, just imagine the bombastic, you know, intro. Everyone be, you know, majority of the audience just be like, wow, that's really cool drumming. That's fantastic. Daniel and Julian in the audience otherwise are going, holy shit, it's, you know, King of the Mountain. That's so awesome. And then they go and shout it out loud, you know, or any song. It wouldn't matter. Just the intro as a tease. And there are so many little segments that they can kind of do like that. And they, they, it would just make me happy. You do your 20, do the 20 songs that we heard on the cruise. I'm okay with those 20 songs. Again, each one of them I individually love. Um, as a generalist set list, those 20 songs are great. But throw is a little bit of a bone. I'm not going to ask you to do All Hell's Breaking Loose if you don't want to, because you're not going to do it. I'm not going to ask you to dig out X-ray eyes or, you know, something tomorrow. You, but, you would like to see see the band play around a little more, uh, toy around with some ideas instead of going, you know, full throttle. We'll do, we do the stuff we always do. This is the last chance, you know, and maybe they feel that, well, I, we have some so songs that are pretty good that, that we never have played, and, and this is the last time we're in this city, so this is our final shot at this, and maybe they, they'll do something in the vein of what you're talking about. Uh, and I still remember when they were in Australia back in 2001 on that uh, final farewell tour, whatever it was called, and uh, when they did those medals, I thought, those were wonderful. So maybe something like that, just a minute or two of, of some stuff that uh, it won't really impact on the show. You won't have people go into the bathrooms and, uh, you know, leaving the show if you just do a medley or two. So, you know, the medley was a really cool thing when they, they started doing that, I think, in, what, 2001. And, you know, just have a little three-minute period where – they could try little bits. If Gene remembers, if Paul remembers, they can have fun. Let Tommy and Eric kind of take the lead and see where they go. Because if they were able to throw in like a couple of seconds of making love or Mr. Speed or whatever at this point, stuff that's not part of the set, again, it would just be maybe show a little bit of camaraderie on stage like they did with Ace back when they did it. But I think we've been spoiled since 2004 in particular. That tour, when they went to Australia, they did the In Your Face shows. They did mix in some rather incredible deep cuts into the set uh, for the electric shows. And then they came back to the United States and, uh, and Mexico and started throwing in these songs. 2007 was, as you recall uh, correctly, All-American Man was voted and performed. And then 2006, they had done Kiss in Time and Love Them and Leave Them in Japan. So they, it's kind of their fault because they did start throwing us bones. And we did start kind of expecting them to be a little bit more willing to do those. So it, it's always going to be a conversation. If we're still doing this podcast in five years, we'll probably still be talking about what are the, <laughs> today, what are those five deep cuts that you really wish Kiss had performed or that they're going to do on their 50th anniversary reunion tour? But another interesting thing or mind-boggling thing is what is the show going to look like? I mean, there are a million opportunities to make this incredibly awesome. Uh, some people may say, just bring back the old logo, you know, the KISS logo in the back. But I, I don't think they will do that. Uh, but what I'm looking forward to is, and I hope they do something with this, is uh, the video stuff that they will show. I mean... I still remember that when they um, showed, uh, you know, those clips during Do You Love Me on the last farewell tour and how emotional you felt when you saw it, you know, like the history of the band. And you, you kind of thought uh, this is the final time. If they can do that and pay homage to uh, all of the former KISS members and important persons that have been in the band through the years or around the band and maybe add some video clips that we haven't seen before. That would be great. And uh, we'll, <laughs> cheers are falling would be going on all through the audience, I think. I think they have so much stuff that they could use. But unfortunately, maybe they I won't be surprised if they use the same tape that they used back in 2001. Uh, but, but I'm hoping that they will put in the effort and do something special because there's certainly 
uh, a, a lot of opportunities for them to, to make this a very special tour. And there's the key, and there's the problem that you just said. There's a lot of opportunities, and KISS has often not missed an opportunity to miss our expectations. And that's on us, not them, because they just do what they do. They are the band. They do what they feel is right for them. I, I don't think they... They've probably given up on KISS fans, because at this point, KISS fans are just so demanding, so ungrateful, Uh <laughs> They do podcasts and discuss all of this stuff to, you know, extremes. Sorry, Gene. Sorry, Paul. Um, but you know what? That's that's what we do now. I mean, this shit used to all be written down in fanzines. And they're the same conversations that were go be going on back then in the 90s and the 80s. Which one's? Yeah, Firehouse. That's, that's a good one. You know, so we we live in a fantasy world of hope. So, you know, always hoping that they do something that we just think about. So I'm excited to see the stage. I was watching The Greatest Show on Earth last night. And again, looking at those stairs of the, you know, the 77, 78 period, that stage, the risers, the cherry pickers, the walls of amps, the flames. And it's the elements you know, because then Paul Stanley popped into my head of him talking about what they did with the stage in 1996 when they came back. They said, well, we couldn't do the same stage as we did in 1977 because it wasn't actually that big. So we had to make it so that it worked for your memory of something that was now bigger than it ever was in reality. So that's what I'm thinking about with the end of the road stage is they know they need to go out and again do something like they did in 1996 make it bigger and grander but have little you know kind of parts that smile back to the past so i want to see stairs i want to see flames the video screens i just hate i if i have to say one thing that i really really want on the end of the road a real fucking kiss logo I don't care if it's like Hot in the Shade Tour where it raises up from the floor at the end of the show and blocks the freaking screen. I With the ugly K. Yeah. Okay. Come on. Oh they can God. they can sell each one of the light bulbs out of that thing after the tour is over. You know, come on. You can't sell a video screen. You can sell light bulbs with a COA that says this light bulb was in the K of the KISS logo used on the final end of the of the road tour. Um, you know, because if they're going to merchandise everything. You might as well have a stage that can be disassembled and sold bit by bit. Yeah, but, but I think in uh, hindsight, this tour will really be just, uh, you know, small detail or how you say it, uh, because... A footnote? Uh, yeah, a footnote, exactly, a footnote, yeah. So you might feel that that light bulb is really worth whatever they charge you now, but uh, 10 years from now, really no one will be speaking about this tour. That's just the truth of it, you know. Uh, but at this point in time, it feels really interesting. But 10 years from now, most people are going to talk about, you know, the 70s, of course. And, um, well, I just, I flicked through a couple of these firehouses uh, today. I had nothing better to do. And then I found something that I wrote back in 94. It's so fun to go back and see your own thoughts. I don't even remember writing in, in this magazine, but they have this, uh, you know, what is it? the letter spot. That was my favorite part. You read what all the fans said. Now we have, of course, the KISS FAQ. It's much the same thing. But uh, And reading this, and this was just prior to the KISS reunion tour, and I was so upset about the KISS My Ass album, and also that, uh, well, what about Bruce and Eric? Why don't you give them a chance to speak in the interviews? And that kind of threw me back to this period of time when you felt that it was a band with four members. I was kind of naive to think that, but I remember when you felt that each one was impor an important part of the band, and uh, that's something I really miss. So I, I do hope that they give Eric and uh, Tommy a fair, you know, chair of the spotlight because some of these interviews that they've been doing are ridiculous. With Tommy and Eric sitting in the back saying nothing, you have to try to include them at all, because they've been in the band for. 
you know, 20 years almost, both of them. So um, that's something I miss. And I was upset back in 94 as well. But, but it's kind of fun to go back. And, and that's the beauty with these podcasts. When we're in 20 years, it will be kind of fun to go back and see, what did I really think about them doing the, the final tour, the, the end of the road tour? Uh, and uh, so I, I like, I, I love the the chance you've given us all, Julian, with, with these podcasts. It's a, it's a great thing. It's, it's one of the impo- most important things for me right now in my KISS fandom to, to be a part of this and to be able to discuss with people who are as crazy as me or even crazier. So uh, I love it. Yeah, and you get to work out your English and end up with a really yeah. big headache after speaking English for an hour, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I have a good... I understand very good, but it's always hard to come up with a word, you know, in a in a second or two. So, so at times I struggle a bit, but I, I like practicing my English. Yeah, I I never really had that problem. The only language I spoke conversationally was French, and yeah. it was just so painful after a half an hour conversation to kind of switch back into normal kind yeah. of you know go back into english because you're thinking in english and then thinking translating into uh into into, uh-huh. into french and oh they owe you anything i you know i'll leave it there <laughs> yeah you know what kiss is not like the 1980s and 70s in england if you bought a pack of fags excuse me cigarettes um yes. you, you'd get a coupon on the back of it and you could save up those coupons and then you'd get a catalog and after you had purchased a certain amount of pack of cigarettes um you'd send it and you could buy get like china you could get like glasses drinks glasses and probably alcoholic drink glasses and whatnot when you're buying kiss merchandise you're not checking off a box on something that you then are owed something you're buying that stuff because you wanted to buy it no matter how much you buy the band doesn't care because they just put it out there and if people buy it then more licensees come to them and give them a big chunk of change you know that's how it works it's called business and i i think i've never thought that kisses owed me any more than what i actually purchased so on the cruise if you look back at the very basic list of things that they are going to give you they delivered regardless of what i think of the set regardless what i think of the show or any of the things they delivered 100 percent of every single one of those things at my gene simmons vault they delivered absolutely everything that I was promised. But it doesn't do any harm to talk about the things that we wish the band would do or the things that they, the projects that we hope maybe one day come to fruition. And this is just going to serve as my perfect segue into this week's giveaway contest, which is, of course, one of the things that we've been hoping for over the past few years is colored vinyl. Now they have just started shipping the sound and vision orange. I'm, we're going to call it orange, but I think it looks more gold. And let's see how it shows up. Translucent. Yeah, translucent, goldy uh, vinyl. And it, you're going to have to keep watching the show to find out how you're going to win a sealed copy of that album. But, uh, you know, that's you know just the, an opportune moment to bring up that contest in the context of what we're owed. We've talked about these things for years and years and years. Now they're starting to appear. The solo albums in colored vinyl came out in a box set as well. So just because we keep talking about them doesn't mean we don't appreciate that this just arrived in the post. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to yeah. now be talking about, well, when's Love Gun coming out on aqua-colored vinyl? And someone out there is probably saying, Julian, you ungrateful bastard. Yeah, you're damn right. Uh- <laughs> I, think, I think it's completely the other way around. I mean, they don't owe us anything. I, I, I almost feel it's the other way around, because if I think of everything Kiss has brought me in terms of fun times and, uh, you know... Uh, all kinds of experiences. It feels like I'm the one owing them something. I haven't given them anything uh, except some money, but they have worked their asses off bringing me a lot of stuff. So, so I have a hard time with all this, uh, you know, they owe me something. They don't. And uh, I would also like to add, if there's something I miss, it's the way Ace Frehley actually thinks. I saw some interview with him and, and one of the fans said something uh, and I just oh that's a great idea I'll, I'll see what we can do about that 
I would like to see more of that from Kiss. You know, there's been loads of great ideas from fans. You have, oh, yeah. you just have to watch, you know, like 10 podcasts and you have 10 products that are way better than the stuff they are releasing. So they're doing the, them, they could do themselves a favor and listen a little bit more to the fans. It would only bring them more money. They would, owe, they, they, right. they would sell more stuff. Yeah, I think they do listen. Because I know that one of the complaints about the Destroyer red vinyl was that it didn't have any cover sticker on it, suggesting that it was. So what do we have now? We've got a little cover sticker that says limited edition colored vinyl. Now, Universal's reissuing a whole ton of different albums in colored vinyl, so this is not specific to the Kiss one. It's on every single one of those. But come on, you know... I, I think someone's thinking, someone probably heard, you know, or, or someone thought of it independently. You know, we need to differentiate these from all the other things. So they do listen. I think they can be more gracious in how they respond to things, you know, either with the stock answer, oh, well, you know, there, there's a lot of great ideas and we simply can't do everything. It's a good one. Or as Daniel mentioned with Ace of, oh, that's, you know, that's a very gracious way of responding to a suggestion. You know, don't take everything as, you know, it's constructive criticism or feedback. You know, it, it's not an attack. Um, but again, just because we say that we'd like these ideas, we don't expect Kiss just to, you know, respond to us snapping our fingers and go, yes, sir, and go and make it happen. You know, we, we realize that we can't have everything, even if we think our ideas are absolutely brilliant. Kiss doesn't owe us shit. Kiss has given and delivered to us for 45 years, or at least for Ken for 41 years, me for 33, you know, and, you know, they deliver. And I've bought the shit that I want, and I've not bought an awful lot of stuff. I do not have anything in this house that I'm ashamed of because... No Hello Kitty? I do not buy Hello Kitty. My wife bought me a Pez box that I've mentioned once. And oh, it's it's yeah. way up on a shelf. I never take it down, but it was nice of her to think of me. Um, would yeah. I have bought it myself? No. But do I appreciate having it? Yeah, of course yes. I do. So, you know, I, I think people also are just so adverse to any criticism or any discussion that says that something is not as good as it could have been that they just overreact and call you ungrateful or, oh, you just think Kiss owes you. Well, that's a cop-out. That's, that's, mm-hmm. Think about it. So, all right. Let's move on to the, uh, the next question in our little group here of stuff ripped out of the FAQ today. And uh, do remind me that I've got to do the details on the giveaway of that rock and roll over because I'm so notorious for forgetting to do shit that I said I'm going to do. All right, so next question up is, uh, what is the best song that Kiss has recorded during the past 20 years so we've got basically psycho circus sonic boom monster and a few uh extra tracks here and there i mean i know ken's probably thinking samurai sun's that best one ever or don't touch my ascot or that ascot (laughs) you know what what is the one song that immediately pops into your mind because you can't overthink this and it was so easy for me Long way down. Mm-hmm. Monster. Best, best. Paul song written, and uh, I just wish the execution was a little bit closer to 1998 um, vocally. But such a wonderful song. No, yeah, I agree. That's a that's a great song. Um, actually, well, I'll, I'll go ahead and just let you know. Uh, mine um, uh, I, I saw this topic and i kind of just that one crossed my mind actually one of the songs um but i had to go i just went back to uh you know it's like a cop-out i guess but i just went to psycho circus i think that song was always been a great song from the first time i ever heard it and uh, that's why sometimes you know you see it uh, and, or you know as part of a set list still um, on and off uh, because it's it's good enough and it's a good sh- good show opener um, I don't know what they're going to do on the next tour as a show opener maybe that, that or something else but uh, that that is that was one that just sticks out in my mind um, again long way down there's some other ones um, you know I thought Freak was pretty good I, I you know Journey of a Thousand Years. I love that song, you know. So, but 
just to go with it, you know, Psycho Circus, I, I never skip it when it comes up, so I'm, I'm going to go with that one. Yeah, great pick. Daniel, you, you've had more time than anyone to think about this one. Well, I have to say that Sonic Boom to me is a pretty solid record, and uh, most of Paul's stuff on that one uh, is pretty good. But uh, can we count the other stuff like Live to Win and, uh, you know, Spaceman and those? Because I, I feel, uh, I'll, well, asshole, we can forget about that one. But the other, the other records are pretty good. I'd say, of course, Modern Day Delilah and uh, Psycho Circus are, to me, pretty good songs. Uh, but I don't care for, even though uh, English is not my native tongue, something about those titles, you know, uh, Psycho Circus and Modern Day Delilah, that's some, I guess he's referring to Delilah in the Bible or something. I can't stand that. So, uh <laughs> I, they don't work for me that well. I, I'm more of a live to win type of guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Actually, if I would I'd pick one track, I know some people really don't like this one, but I like live to win. I like the lyrics, even though he tries to add some uh, complicated words that doesn't seem that kissish, you know. Uh, frustrated, degraded, dumb, you know those. I do like that song, and yeah, which, uh, which is a parallel yeah. to Gene's Carnival of Souls in some way. Yeah, sort of. Mm. And uh, yeah. So if I can pick one, I'd said Live to Win, and I I I also like some of Ace's stuff, like Space Invader and Out of Space. Like I like those songs, but the downside on his part is clearly the solos. I mean, the solos on that those albums are. Not, I mean, you have Ace Frehley and he can't deliver even close to what he used to do. So I feel that Space Invader and Out of Space, uh, t- the solos don't work for me. But Live to Win is a classic Paul Stanley track, so I'd actually go Live to Win. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe you should have called Tommy Thayer. You know, come on in, Tommy. Do a solo. <laughs> <laughs> Hate, 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 hate mail in three, two, one. All right. Okay, so those are some good picks. And, you know, what I think Live to Win is, like, one of those great songs. But I was always kind of more into Where Eagles Dare on that one, that album, Mm. uh, and Wake Up Screaming. That's some good songs. There's some really, really bad songs on it for me, but uh, uh, there you go. Opinions obviously (laughs) vary. All right, let's move on to... uh, so no one's going to pick uh, Samurai Son, huh? No, I would have rather had the Gene Simmons, uh, you know, one that he did, uh, that he wrote that's on his, uh, the vault. I thought yeah, it's yeah. better than Samurai Son. Mina-san, Mina-san. Yeah. Hashu, hashu. Okay. Um, <laughs> providing a neat segue once again into the next question is, uh, what is the most cringeworthy Kiss song ever? <laughs> and um i think we've I've probably mentioned one already which is don't touch my ascot but i think don't touch my mm-hmm. ascot doesn't come anywhere near as bad as nothing can keep me from puking uh. on you. <laughs> worst kiss song ever and it's only i think it's only got paul on it anyway yeah and bruce sorry bruce mm-hmm. don't like it Sorry, Diane, who wrote it. What about you, Ken? Which is uh, which is yours? Are you uh, kind of swaying towards the "Let's put the X" or no. "Read my body" or? Oh no. Uh, what well, the other one? I, fa- uh, I, I finally found, found my way. Finally found my way to you. Yeah. But that at least has uh, Peter. It's funny. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny. One of them is uh, nothing can keep me from you, and the, and the other one's. I finally found my way to you. They kind of go hand in hand. <laughs> they're both and they're both bad. Um, but yeah, I finally found my way. Or this can I don't know. I, I get those two mixed up because I, I can't stand either of them. <laughs> so yeah, um, I finally found my way to you. It's, it's just it, it doesn't work for me. Why? Why do you cringe? That I mean, justify your hate. To make, make a play. Uh, you know, I like sappy songs. 
um, and stuff. I do. I mean, I like a good sappy pop song. Um, you know, a lot of good stuff there. But this that song is just it's just poorly written. Poorly written. It's just it's it's kind of it should be like an uplifting kind of thing that you know I finally found my way to you know speak you know a happy kind of thing but it sounds so dreary. I almost feel like you're playing the role the, the of Mark today. Is, you know, it's it's just, yeah. written by Paul Stanley of Bob Ezrin, being called you know, a poorly written song. Ouch. Yeah, well, there's only so much Bob Ezrin can do. To <laughs> yeah, oh, I, yeah. I, I hate to see what it was before, you know, at the beginning of it. But anyway, yeah, it's that should have been left off and off the album. All right, Daniel, make us well, much. Yeah, my first pick was actually Nothing Can Keep Me From You. Uh, my second pick is one of the tracks from the 80s. I mean, Kiss went completely overboard by the end of the 80s and did a lot of cringe-worthy songs. But the one that, uh, you know, takes the prize for me is one of Smash's thrashes and hits. And it's not, uh, let's put the X and sex, it's the other one. You make me rock hard. That's okay. like 80s going overboard totally. And even though Paul Stanley sings like a god he can't save that one actually nothing uh, let's put the x and sex sounds kind of funny when they did it acoustically even though they brought that girl on stage and and did that kind of crazy yeah. stuff that was just ugh. Uh, but the song itself i think it works acoustic acoustically but rock hard is cringe worthy oh my mm. Yeah, I, I think if we were, the topic had been what was the most cringeworthy moment in history, yeah. bringing up the girl to sing uh, Let's oh. Put the Axe is probably going to be pretty near the top. That's, little girl. I don't yeah, know. Little girl, yeah. yeah that, was, that was just beyond the pale. But there you go. I, I guess maybe you had to be there. But I actually, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree. I like that other song, You Make Me Rock Hard, versus Let's Put the Axe. It's at least a bit a better formed song than the other one. So there, there you go. I mean, okay, I'm not going to be singing "Read My Body" anytime soon either. But, you know, there, but there's only a few clunkers right. to really choose from. Okay, let's move on to the, the next uh, topic from the board. What kiss date will live in infamy? So, what event is kind of the most negative? date in history oh no that's not a negative well infamy I, I in, you know infamous uh, so something you know of great notoriety i guess and however you want to kind of work with i it. don't know or i guess yeah it could be notoriety i get found off its importance maybe that should have been it um, well good then take us away since you're already speaking okay well to me we call it importance, uh, you know, kind of a thing. It's, it's just, it stands out. Um, it, it's always going to be remembered or needed, needs to be remembered, I guess, from, from the standpoint. Um, so I, I'm just, I'm just calling it as a, as a, as a moment in time. Um, I think the most important thing, uh, in history is that the meeting, that meeting between, I mean, there's a couple things, but the meeting between Gene Simmons and Paul Stanley, um, when they, you know, was it Steve Cornell who introduced him? Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that's the most, the hugest thing. I mean, that that never happens. There's no, there's no kiss. There's, there's, you know, forget it. Um, and who knows what, you know where they go from there um, separately, whether they make it in their, their bands down the road or, or whatever. Um, so that, that, that was one. The other one I was kind of thinking of too, is, is the day that, uh, uh, and it kind of ties into, you know, Gene Simmons, you know, his, his mother's passing um, is when they, she decided, Flora decided to, you know, take Gene, pick him up and, and leave Israel and and uh, you know emigrate to to the United States. Um, that 
is a huge thing in everything where yeah it's of course you know kiss is never gonna happen if you never left israel obviously but that's that's a huge thing and at that young age for him to soak in all that early cartoon stuff the beatles uh, and all that stuff when when he was watching the tv and stuff that formed it formed you know him and his the way he his outlook and his his I don't know everything about him. So those are those are kind of a couple of things. That's how I was looking at it as infamous. I guess I wasn't thinking of it as like a bombing, uh, <laughs> like Pearl Harbor or something like that. Uh, I was thinking of it more of a importance a thing that uh, was part of the band. Nice, well, well thought out, well considered, and well presented. You get a gold <laughs> star. Daniel. Well, well, I was thinking about things that they, they did that were really crappy, <laughs> you know, and that we live on as uh, infamous times in history. Uh, you could argue that the, you know, Gene Simmons sex tape is one of them, or, or uh, Paul Stanley's paintings. But if we look at important stuff that really. Uh, changed the band and uh, made them go in the wrong direction. Mm. I, I actually have to say a thing that happened back in 1981. The Elder, to me, that was a step in the wrong direction. Even though I know many people love that album, I've never got, got I've never understood that album. Of, of course, there are a few songs there, but what about those, you know, fanfare and Mr. Blackwell and all that stuff. It's so far away from Kiss to me. And I, to me, that will stand the test of time as the most infamous Kiss product ever. Mm. The Elder. Okay. <laughs> Infamy, I just don't know how to approach this. You know, because to me it has such negative connotations that mm -hmm. it, it almost has to be like a day maybe that Eric Carr was let oh. go before he passed. But we, we it, but we don't know the details. That's just like rumor and innuendo. No, mm -hmm. no deliberate attempt to connect that with Queen, of course. Um, it, <laughs> it, it could be the day that Peter Chris did that supposed audition for the band in early 1980 and came in with a music stand and finally, you know, once and for all blew, blew his chance of continuing to work with the band and keeping the original lineup together. I mean, um, those are the sorts of things that I, I kind of feel it has to be. And maybe we have to go forward to 2001 and whatever date is the date that Ace really kind of left the band instead of staying with Gene, Eric Singer, and Paul in that lineup and moving forward as a band. Um, that, to me, I think that, that last one, because it's one that's a little bit more concrete than the rumors of Eric Carr's passing or you know Peter Chris's original departure from the band, I think he probably would have departed no matter what because it was, it was just they were a mess, all four of them at that point one way or the other but, yeah. but in terms of what we lost as a result of Eric Singer and Ace in Kiss together never getting to express itself musically other than during a very small segment tour um, I, I think that's the biggest loss is to have never had that line up to an album an EP, a recording or anything um, that we can really continue to celebrate it by even though Peter came back into the band a year later uh, whatever you know that 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 to me is just kind of infamy. I do agree agree, agree about that one because uh, you really could see how the band was revitalized by bringing in Eric Singer and that tour of Australia and Japan were you know those few shows that we got out of that lineup were really great and far better than the ones previously with Peter Chris behind the drum set so. I agree with that one. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's get the giveaway of the colored vinyl of Rock and Roll Over out of the way. It's simple to enter. Just email kissfaq at outlook.com. The color of the vinyl that's, con you know, 
included in this LP and uh, I'll pick a random one from the entries and send it anywhere in the world doesn't matter where you are uh, so open worldwide just what color vinyl is it send it to kissfq at outlook.com and uh, if you can't have, don't send me a PM on Facebook don't send me a message on the FAQ I delete them I don't I don't count them people did that last time you know sorry mm -mm. Got to use email. All right, let's get on to these last couple of topics and then wrap up this episode. Um, what song should open the end of the road set list? And I'm going first. Deuce. Same song. That they open, that. Same song <laughs> that they opened up their first ever show with. Fucking Deuce. Um, it, it, it's got to be just so that a geek like me says, you know what? Turn to the guy next to me at the show. Hey, you know, they opened their very first song on January the 30th, 1973. With, oh, and Ken will say, yeah, I know. It's on the same show as you. Uh, yeah, that's the open show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, you did you agree with me, or are you going to be contrarian and go outside the box? Uh, well, I'm just going to go outside the box. I mean, yeah, Deuce seems like an obvious So you're, obvious you're, you're demanding uh, Read My Body as the opening track? Is that what you're saying? No, I mean, what I would really like them to open with is, and again, when you, here's another nugget, but um, uh, I Stole Your Love. I, I would love for them to open with I Stole Your Love, um, which harkens back, of course, to the, you know, they've done it a couple, you know, originally back in 77, right? Um, when the Love Gun came out, that's when they, they opened the show with that song so i have to go out with i stole your love though i mean i love deuce i expect deuce of course to be probably the second song if not the first song in on the uh on the uh, tour but it'll be there um but yeah i stole your love i'd really like to hear that one you know just harder for this next tour it, it may not even be in the set list um um, you know, I'm going to say it's probably not going to be in the set list. Yeah. Unless they do 25 songs, it might be, if they get up to 25 songs. I wouldn't we'll, mind we'll hearing see. that. I would actually be thrilled if that one got oh, played. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. But again, watching The Greatest Show on Earth and seeing the visuals and married up with the Alive 2 audio of that song in particular, it's 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 wow. Um, you know, I also wouldn't mind if they opened the show with a sequence of here's four songs, you know, Deuce, Detroit Rock City, Love Gun, and I Still Your Love that all were opening songs at some point during their history. Daniel, which one would you like? Well, you picked the two favorites of mine as well. You know, Alive 1 starts out with Deuce, works real well. Uh, Alive 2, I Still Your Love. So I guess I have to say Creatures of Night, Alive 3. <laughs> so... That works as well, but I wouldn't like to see it every show. But maybe once in a while you could start with Creatures of the Night. Just uh, I, I think it's a great opening track, but it's hard to go against Deuce and I Still Your Love. Yeah, yeah. And, and after seeing the set list that they've already done to try out material, what do you think the probability that Creatures of the Night gets performed during this tour is? Zero? <laughs> maybe. It's, yeah. <laughs> Very slim chance. Yeah, yeah. Very, very slim. But you ask me what I, I would like to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. No, I, no. I would like to say Creatures of Night would be a great opener as well. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Are we being ungrateful? <laughs> <laughs> All right. La last question. And uh, I, I don't know how, how much this is even really worth talking about, but uh, Kiss on the Pride is, Price is Right. They filmed an appearance on Monday of this week on the American game show, The Price is Right. Come on down. Um, then they also did, a, I think, a live performance for a game... Oh, yeah. yeah. Game Award Network thing that's going to be broadcast on the 9th of December. Um what, yeah what do i think about them good exposure good whatever talk yeah. about the tour exposure you know there's like yeah. very little um grand effort going on i just saw an interview pop up with tommy actually and, and we were talking earlier about having tommy and eric do more um and not get ignored in interviews so tommy did do an interview talking about the end of the road uh still want to see eric doing okay. some stuff getting on the prices right do i watch it no do i care about it no do i think it's good yes 
It's fantastic. It's a, you know, just another way to get the message out that Kiss is still alive and going out for one, you know, final run. And same with the game show. I, I'm not sure about the demographic they're appealing to, getting 14-year-olds who usually just play with their joysticks out out of the house to go to a show. Um, joystick, yeah. But play with their joystick. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> um, you know, well, the, it's, well, go ahead, Daniel. You do. Well, it's it's not that like they would lose that they lose their credibility or something <laughs> like that. I mean, that's long gone <laughs> by now. So, I'm I'm with you, Julian. Do as much as possible. Uh, get as many people as possible to see that you're still alive and well, and that will be, put people in the seats. And I guess that's what it's all about by this at this point so uh, just go on every show you can and have the exposure and uh, seems like tickets are selling pretty well from what i've heard so keep it going i hope i you know i hope they're selling well i mean at this point i've already got all my tickets so uh, you know i don't want to be in a blacked out arena you know with the curtains up because they had to go down to half house format for the end of the road tour that'll be a bit of a bummer because we'll know it you know um Uh, i don't think that'll happen so what did they do on the price i mean i I swear i recorded it and i fast forwarded through it and i i didn't even see any kiss i was like what happened unless i got the wrong day but what did they actually do on that I have no Do idea. You know? I, I have no idea when uh, it's going to be shown or whether if, if it was shown or okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Usually it would have ended up on YouTube nearly instantaneously, or there would have been pictures. But the only pictures that I saw were ones that were official that Keith I think had taken uh, during the process yeah. because people were okay. banned from taking their phones in to the audience for obvious reasons. Well, well, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know what's what it's going to be or whatever. Um, that's fine that they're on there. I guess it, you know, gets them out there. Um, but if they do, if they if they did it, I would hope they did something where they had some Kiss merchandise and that and the people had to guess the price of the like a, the casket or something. <laughs> Crazy. I mean, I mean, you know, they could have done something like that. But um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, Kiss on the price is right. It's just someone said on the board. I think it's part of that uh, this topic, Julian, about you know would would uh, Led Zeppelin, uh, these other bands, you know, go on uh, the Price is Right, uh, Aerosmith, whatever, and they also you know they thought well they would never go on there, but that maybe not. Maybe they would have gone on there. Maybe it's part of if you get the offer or if you. You know, put yourself there. Say, hey, you know, we're available if you want to put us on your show, you know, for a little quick uh, cameo or, or something. You know, it's free advertising. Maybe they don't, they're not, you know, getting paid, which I assume they're not getting paid by the prices, right? Uh, or, or CBS or whatever network it's on. But I, I guess it's good just being out there. You know, good or bad, it's it's good being out there to be seen, like you said, Julian, that people know, oh, they're around, you know, they're they're touring. Okay, well, maybe I'll go buy a ticket. If it brings a couple more ticket sales, uh, that's that's a good thing, I guess. Yeah, so they they really need to crash something like the Oscars. Mm, that'd be great. You know, what award shows are coming? They got the Gram the Grammys. The Grammy Awards will be in February, I think. It's usually in February. That's the big. I mean, uh, they like ought to the, get out like, there. Yeah. They ought like to somehow, if they can, yeah, well, if they could somehow get it, you know, coax an award out of them, like a lifetime achievement award. You know how they do that to different artists. Kiss has never won a Grammy, so that would be their only Kiss chance of winning a Grammy award. is <laughs> a lifetime achievement award. So maybe they'll give it to them. Maybe and then they could perform and it ties in with the tour and hey. That, that's great exposure. Doc McGee, I hope you're listening. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I, I'm thinking maybe it would be more like uh, Nirvana at Reading when they wheeled Kurt onto stage in a wheelchair and in a hospital gown. You could wheel Kiss onto stage in wheelchairs and walkers. All, the, yeah, walkers. All, all of a sudden, up they jump and 
Yeah, we're it's still not dead, not dead yet. We're still going out for one more. Yeah, they could do that, and that'd be actually funny because they could make it look like they just can't move or anything anymore, and and then they come out. It's kind of like the old Willy Wonka film where Willy Wonka walks out and he's he's limping with a cane, and then he the cane gets stuck in the carpet and he takes another step and it's like oh, and he kind of does a flip forward flip and pop like hey, you know I'm all right, <laughs> but something like that. Okay, I think that's it. <laughs> all right, so for all those numerous topics that we've talked about today, chime in with your thoughts on what we've discussed and agree with us, disagree with us, talk us down and uh, show us the error of our ways with what you think the correct answer, if there is one, to any of those. And remember that you can win a copy of the orange vinyl of Rock and Roll Over, still sealed. That copy that I've uh, been showing you is obviously the one that I opened for me. Yours is completely still sealed and uh, will arrive as such, well packaged. So remember where I told you to email earlier. So that's it for now. So from Daniel, from Ken, and myself, we thank you for watching and listening, and we shall see you next time. Take care. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.